Hello and welcome back to the Read Like a Girl podcast, the podcast for women who love to read. My name is Brooke Sayward and I'm your host for the show and today's episode is one for the female entrepreneurs. Maybe you own a business or maybe you would like to or perhaps your ambition goes even further toward a company or app development. Whatever it is you're interested in creating, today's episode is for you. Every year I buy myself a birthday gift. It is sometimes a trip somewhere away or a weekend escape, but this year it was a book I've been eyeing off in my Pilates studio in Cape Town in the weeks leading up to my birthday. I noticed the book sitting in the entry hall and the title immediately grabbed my attention. I flicked through some of the pages and I knew straight away that this was a book I wanted to buy for myself. And let's be honest, if I was Oprah, I'd buy it for all of my listeners too. It truly is that powerful. So the book that I'm going to be talking about today is called Girls Who Run the World, 31 CEOs Who Mean Business. The book is dissected into a series of interviews with 31 incredible CEOs, and just like the title suggests, they are all female. Now, I'm not talking about any CEOs. These are women like Sarah Blakely, the creator of Spanx, Jennifer Hyman, the creator of Rent the Runway, and Emily Weiss, the powerhouse behind Glossier. But there are also female entrepreneurs behind smaller brands, which make this book a really useful mix of female CEOs at different points in their career. This allows the reader unparalleled access into major brands and how they became what they are today, as well as taking a look at some smaller companies who are well on their way to becoming that. This is the kind of book I would call recommended reading for any woman out there who wants to start their own brand, their own business, or their own company. It is full of so many golden nuggets of wisdom that it was impossible for me to put it down. And indeed, I did read this book in one sitting. So today I want to discuss some favorite takeaways from the book for my listeners, because this is the kind of advice that forces you off the couch and into your power suit, ready for world domination. The first female profile I really loved in this book was one of the first profiles that I read, and that was that of Sarah Blakely, the creator of Spanx. Sarah is a self-made billionaire who once sold fax machines for a living. She had a genius idea to create what she dubs footless stockings for women, which create a seamless figure underneath your clothes. Now, I'm sure many of you, if not all of you, have heard of Spanx, and some of you probably own a pair. I know I do. Last year, I enrolled in Sarah Blakely's masterclass and was completely blown away by her business mindset. This woman really knows how to do business and not just for financial success. I found it really interesting about how she had such a strong why and reasoning behind her brand and why she decided to do what she does and create this product, Spanx. Finding your why in business is what I'd like to call the secret sauce. So once you find your why, you can figure out why you're doing something and who you're serving, and it can help you identify who you're helping and what problem you're solving along the way. 
And when Sarah Blakely created Spanx, her why was to empower women to feel more sexy and confident in their bodies. So my favorite takeaway in the book about Sarah's story was her business 101 tip, and that is fake it till you make it. Now, this is a philosophy I personally relate to, and it is certainly the mantra I took with me when I created my blog, World of Wonderlust. This was back in 2012 when I started my blog, and I had no idea what I was doing. But I managed to mask a lot of my lack of knowledge with a thin layer of confidence, which I think that is what led me to travel to 70 countries across six continents and create such a successful brand in the travel industry. What I love about Sarah is that she has made it to where she is today off her own back. She's had no investors, no secret sauce, just really hard work and this uncanny belief in herself and her ideas. Next on my list of favorite takeaways from this book was the interview with Emily Weiss of Glossier. Some of you may have heard of her, but I'm sure many of you probably have not. But Emily started a blog called Into the Gloss in 2010. Her beauty blog is what garnered her an audience of readers and social media fans, which she has now successfully converted into paying customers with the launch of her makeup and skincare brand, Glossier. This is a cult beauty brand and it has swept the United States by storm and it has now even expanded across the world. And what I love most about Emily's story is that she built her audience before she built her product. Then when the timing was right, she used her audience to convert them into customers by creating a cult beauty product. I think there's a lot to be said about this kind of success story because it kind of squashes that idea that you need investors or a ton of cash for a startup. So if you think you did, then think again, because this is perhaps one of the best success stories to come out of the blogging industry and especially the makeup and skincare industry, which is a huge multi-multi-billion dollar business. And Emily has used her humble beginnings as a blogger to be able to go out there and create this mega successful story of a brand that just stemmed from something that she truly, truly loved. Next up, I loved the interview with Elizabeth Cutler and Julie Rice of SoulCycle. So if you haven't heard of SoulCycle, it is basically a modern day twist on the classic spin class. I want you to think dimly lit rooms with a party atmosphere and it has a cult following with the likes of the Olsen twins being spotted at SoulCycle sessions and the Beckhams are among some of the other famous adoring fans. So inside the book, you get a breakdown of just how small the beginnings of SoulCycle were when these two female founders created the company on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. That is where they located their first studio. And when they first opened the doors, they noticed that they weren't getting the kind of foot traffic or the crowds that they were expecting and hoping for. They were mega successful straight up for a one-off studio, but they wanted to reach out 
to many, many more women that would be able to afford this luxurious kind of soul cycle atmosphere that they had created. So they had this idea to make a pop-up studio in the Hamptons, which of course is where all of the wealthy, well-to-do, upper Manhattan socialites and just anyone who can afford it really head off to for the summer leaving New York City they head out to the Hamptons and spend their summer out there so they created this pop-up studio uh, of Soul Cycle out in the Hamptons one summer and of course they reasoned that if they could get women to come to this incredible workout on their vacation when they're in their bikinis feeling fit feeling fly that these women if they enjoy it enough when they got back to the city come the end of summer they would seek out where the studio was and make their way to classes so i think it's just incredible to see a company as big as soul cycle which now has 87 locations across the united states and canada and see how humble and small their beginnings were and that's pretty impressive stuff to have swept the united states by storm this is now one of the most popular group exercise classes in the entire country and they've now expanded into Canada as well. I think it's such a great success story. But it wasn't just the uber successful CEOs that really stood out to me. This book has some great low-key business owners profiled too and I think that provides good measure for the, you know, normal folk among us who will never own or aspire to maybe even own something of that caliber or success. I think there's also something to be said about small business owners and I know a lot of people, myself included, I would set my sights on something more small business that could take over my community and give me a real sense of purpose, maybe expand a few shops in the future, but not something that I would personally want to do to take over an entire country and have stores across the country um i think dream big is one way to look at it but also dream small sometimes maybe not that is not what everyone wants out of their lives but one of the profiles that i absolutely loved in this book was actually from a small boutique candy shop owner in san francisco her name is diane campbell and she is the owner of the candy store now Her quote in this book is the one massive takeaway that I really, really, really loved in this book. There's so many golden nuggets of wisdom, but this one quote is really what hit me. She says, you are going to spend half your life at work. Refuse to be bored. Never just endure. Find something you would still want to do even if you are not getting paid. Now, many of you will know my backstory and how I've spent my 20s after graduating college. Since I left university, I've been working for myself. It is both a blessing and a curse, but more importantly, it is what I want to be doing. So when I graduated university, I had no idea what I wanted to do for a career. But what I did know is that I wanted to travel. So I set off on a year-long gap year, which is kind of this fanciful name for I've just finished university and I don't know what the heck I want to do with my life. I'm going to run away for a year and experience new cultures and countries and languages and food and meet new people and just have experiences. 
So my gap year was self-funded by my part-time job as a hotel receptionist. And in my final year of university, I had worked 60 hour weeks to save as much cash as I could and fund my dream to travel the world. For a small town girl, that was a pretty big feat because in the town that I grew up in, I mean, the tallest building is four stories high. It's I've gone from this very small knit community of everyone knows everyone. And all I wanted was to get away from that and have these experiences that I just feel like I wasn't born into that life. And I couldn't have these amazing experiences in cities and with different cultures and go out and be able to eat at any different restaurant I want, like any cuisine you want, you can go find it in these big cities. That's just not the life I was born into. So I wanted to go and chase that for myself. Now, a lot of my story was good timing and a lot of fake it till you make it attitude. And that's really what got me to where I am today. I have one of the world's most successful travel blogs, a published book, and an army of incredible readers and followers that I definitely feel as if I have spent my life so far, I'm 29, doing exactly what I love. But I know this isn't the case for everyone, and I certainly know that not everyone listening to this podcast will be able to say yes with 100% certainty and heart behind what I'm saying. I am so happy with what I do. It is my dream job, dream career. This is all I want. And I think that's a real shame that a lot of people just endure work and keep going and push through and think, I've just got to work on my career and then I'll, I'll get to this next almost imaginary line that I've created for myself. And when I get to that line, I'll create another line and I'll keep going and I'll just keep pushing a little bit more. And this week I hate it, but next week it might be a little bit better. So I'll just keep pushing. I'll get to the next line or landmark. And then once I'm there, I'll create another one for myself. Instead of actually stepping back and thinking, what is it that I want to do? What is it that makes me happy? What is it that I get excited for? What do I roll out of bed? And the first thing I think about doing, like a lot of the time people think about that thing and they think, well, when I get home from work, I'll be able to work on my passion. So what I urge you to take away from these powerful lessons in business and entrepreneurship is that you can truly do anything you set your mind to. Instead of seeing barriers, start to see opportunities. And instead of thinking about all the reasons why something won't work, think about all the reasons why it will. Often you are your own worst enemy when it comes to self-doubt and second guessing. But if you have an idea, I really encourage you right now to write it down and don't stop writing about it until you have a complete business plan. There is no bad time to start. The only bad time would be to not start at all. That is it for today's podcast. I hope you found some nuggets of inspiration in today's episode and I can't wait to chat with you all again. Be be sure to head over to www.worldofwonderlust.com and sign up for the book club email newsletter. There's a link at the top of the page and by subscribing, you'll get a monthly breakdown of all the books that I'm reading that truly blew my mind. Plus, you'll hear about new episodes of the Read Like a Girl podcast. You'll get notifications on events that we're holding and any giveaways that are coming up. So I really look forward to seeing you all in the next episode and thank you for tuning in to the Read Like a Girl podcast.